When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Well, hello again. Welcome to the Tom and Don Show, better known as Talking Real Money. Somebody told us that it really didn't matter what the content was as long as we entertained you. So we're just going to hang out here today and then tell stupid jokes and do absolutely nothing money oriented. Nothing. Because apparently that's not what you All right, we'll do money. If you insist, we'll do money. I'm Don McDonald here in the Florida studio putting on the wisdom glasses. And there, they're hanging out with the aircraft. He likes aircraft better than he likes people. Mr. Tom Cock. So far, so far this so day, far today. and almost this year, <laughs> if we really have to get into it, maybe. So we'll see. Yeah. So not not having the best I day today. I think it's just getting old and getting grumpy. That's what I just mm. told somebody. It's just one of those getting old. Uh, yeah, I don't think at 35, I would have been so grouchy about things, but I think. Well, you get a little more jaded as you get older. I guess so. Why do we have to get all this knowledge and wisdom and, and experience, you know, and then die in a couple of decades? It just doesn't seem fair, does it? No, and all these young whippersnappers, they get to don't, don't keep going. get me going on the whippersnappers don't get me today. Going on them young whippersnappers, exactly. Oh, oh. them kids these days—they don't mm-hmm. know nothing about nothing. All right, so uh, Tom, what are we going to talk? Oh, we're going to talk about safety. Mm-hmm. You, one of all of your favorite topics. Well, Don, Tom, um, I, I want to, I want, I just want something safe. Um, that okay. doesn't lose money. That right. doesn't lose doesn't, money. Does never goes makes down. money and never goes down. And I, I don't want to just make one percent or less. I, mm. I want to make. I can I make like eleven percent with absolute safety over what period of time? Every year, sir. Oh, every year. I was like, well, yeah, over like twenty every years. Year, sure, we could average, probably make every that year, sir. Yeah, this folks. This is uh, why you get yeah. sold Ponzi schemes. Yeah, it's asking for stuff like that. That's why you get sold Ponzi schemes. Among other invest Thanks. annuities, hmm. indexed sent you, annuities sent you a little email about those today where they had lost money and they thought they were going to make safe three to five percent a year. You sent me an email on that? I did. Me? You. You have to read the, you are now getting on that other list of which I talked about earlier, which you don't want to be on that list today, my friend. Let's see. Did Tom Cock. Yeah. Oh, no. look, I just, I, yeah. I, I was. I, I had yeah. taken my wife to the doctor. That's why. I, yeah. okay. Oh, well, that's legitimate excuse. Gosh. But yeah, where they I'm thought gonna, they were going to make oh, the this safe one's gonna three to five percent. Yeah, I I love reading these. Yeah. I do. You know, and we love it when you guys send these to us too. Mm-hmm. I love it when you send me details on bad deals so that I can just like one revel in how bad they are, and then two share it with all of you. So okay, um, but, but let's go back that. to the let's go back to the question at the top of the hour. Did there was say a the top of the hour. Well, no, it's a podcast. Yeah. Co- okay. Top of the. What do you podcast. call it? Podcast. The top. Video of the day. cast. Top of this the day is, to you. <laughs> this is the double cast. Okay, the double cast. Uh, because yeah, you. That's what everybody wants, right? Safe, easy returns, 
never going to go down. Well, your safe things. We do think government bonds are safe. U.S. government bonds. Yeah. They have been safe. You've always gotten your money back and the interest they promised. If you held them to maturity. Ah. Buying individual bonds held to maturity. And bond funds can sometimes go down. Down, yeah. So the safe government bonds, they registered their first negative return in 2021 since 2013. So it's been a long time. The uh, Bloomberg Treasury Index a total return of negative 2.3. The bonds actually made about one and a half, but they the value of them went down close to the four. The income, yeah. Correct. The income yeah. coming mm-hmm. in right. was one and a half, but then when you neg- you take that negative four from the decline in the value of the bonds, you end up with the total return, which is negative. And it wasn't quite as bad for a total bond fund. The Vanguard total bond fund down 1.67%. That's Still, it's uh, first loss since 2018 there, because remember in 2018, we had a little of a shakeup at the end of the year. So, yeah, you're getting the interest, but the value went down. Your safe investment lost money. Right? Well, then, Tom, my question huh. as, as a client is, um, why do you have me in the stuff that's going down when mm-hmm. all this other stuff went up? Why don't you just put me in the stuff that goes up? I thank you for that. I really do appreciate that question. That's so nice of you to ask. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. I, I'm well, sure you have an answer for that. Oh, I you? have an answer for oh, you. Oh, good. Might not be a good answer, but I I'm have an sure answer nonetheless. Uh, because <laughs> you, you want to hold bonds for what reason? Do you want to hold bonds to make money or do you want to hold bonds for stability? I'm thinking you want to keep the bonds in there for the bedrock of your portfolio. No, keep no, no. The sir, money. No, you're stability. wrong. I want all my money to make money all the time. I just want it to never go down, please. No, always up. Uh, because bonds really should <laughs> be. And by the way, if you look back at a, a, a an aggregate bond return, it's pretty surprising. You go back to 1970, you've made over 5% a year. I do not expect that moving forward. And that's part of the problem. People look at that and think, well, I'll just take the 5% on the bonds and the you know 12% on the stocks. Sign me up for that for the next 25 years. I don't think you're going to get that. But the bonds have been there, as they say, the right bonds, not long duration bonds and not risky bonds. They've always provided that stability. Let me That's just one. throw a little yeah. a little aside in about that. That is a really a, a, an important point that we have not talked about much on the show um, is the fact that the key to low volatility bonds is shorter duration, shorter terms for the bonds. We've done a lot of research in this, and and we found over and over and over again, no matter what period you look at, that once you get out to about seven to 10 years maturity on bonds, their risk, their volatility begins to increase dramatically from there. So you're not getting the same risk return equation that you get in that short to intermediate term area. You're not getting paid for the risk you take. Oh, he said it even better than I yeah, did. It's simply put. I mean, so again, you could drive somewhere 100 miles an hour from point A to point B, maybe get there a couple minutes faster, but probably from th- to do it more safely and to be assured you're going to get from one spot to the other, 65 makes more sense. Yes, the right type of bonds. Here's or if the you're exciting Tom part. on, on uh, 405, <laughs> you just do 25. Because it's like, these people are just scaring me. I'm going to go 25. The guy I just met with looked at my car and said, you're still driving that thing? <laughs> yeah, it still still runs. He goes, I thought you were like a wealthy. I said, read the millionaire next door. That's the kind of wealth I believe in. But anyway, yes, I still drive a 2014 well, okay, wait, Honda. You're comfortable. Pilot. I know you're not wealthy. 
Thank you. Thank you. You're comfortable. You're not wealthy. That's good. I don't don't know where the line is. I mean, you're wealthier than I am. Well, (laughs) that depends on how it's measured. Okay. So number one, bonds should be there for stability, right? Not trying to make money. Number two, when bonds go down last year, what did we say you lost uh, in the Bloomberg Treasury Index? 2.3%. Compare Mm -hmm. that to a bad year in the stock market. Wow. 2008? Yeah. yeah. I think in 2008, you lost over 30% of the value of stocks. 2001. Sim- I mean, so you have these periods of time where stocks go down. Well, you need to do the down because you got the lower voice. Like Down. The, yeah, like down, down, down. So way, the bonds way down. in no way should be compared to stocks in terms of returns and loss. I think it's silly. And here's the part you just mentioned at the top. Pardon me. At the beginning. All assets lose, they lose value sometimes. Not everything. Everybody loves somebody sometimes. I mean, you don't get it all at one time. That's just the way it goes. Sorry. Uh, I won't, I won't go there anymore. Okay, wait. Wait a minute. You just did, you just did a couple of things. (laughs) One. I didn't mention the blue plate this time. You acted like you're in your eighties again. Well, that's. Close. Never mind. I'm not going to harass you about Please the other. Please don't. Okay, okay. Here's, the, here's the thing about. I'm going to leave it alone. The good news about not all assets, because stocks had a great year, right? The S&P 500, yeah. like 28. A globally diversified portfolio, I think, made like 16. So those things. Here's the great thing about having bonds go down. You can do this thing called huh, rebalancing. Mm-hmm. You can take from the things that went up and put it into the things that went down. So you get back to the correct percentages, the right balance in your portfolio, and actually, in some ways, you've locked in your winnings, right? Because you've taken things that went up, you put it into the safer bonds that don't move around as much. So bonds going down, yeah, it's unusual. Safe, I'm always careful to call anything safe other than- More stable. Yeah, stable. Other than, you know, like FDIC insured bank accounts. I guess you could call government bonds safe, but there is some volatility involved as well. No question. Well, you know, I, and I thought of something there when you talked about taking from the from the well-performing portion of your the portfolio. nearly rich and giving to the poor is that yeah like- the rob i would have called that robin hooding except except oh, now we have it, this stupid yeah. app called robin hood that would have been basically bad. takes from the poor and gives to the rich yeah exactly so. and repeat if necessary so yeah please let's not call it robin Hood. but the you get the idea that allows you to rebalance your account it does allow you to take from the things that went up and buy the things that went down. Did bonds have a horrible year? No, they did not have a horrible year. They've had worse years. Go back to the mid-90s, they had some pretty bad years, and bonds are still there for stability. They haven't made a lot of money, but they haven't moved around that much in the last three or four years either. And here's something we really, really want to emphasize. It is critical that you look at your portfolio as a single organism, a single entity, It is just one thing. It is not bits and pieces. It's like us. You put together all these bits and pieces of organs and blood and tissue and bones and you make a you make a thing. You make a person out of it. You you don't sit around worrying all the time about what your bone is doing. Don't look at each piece and go, well, that piece isn't doing as well. You need to look at it in its entirety. And the reality is If you have the right mix in your portfolio, you should never find yourself in a situation where you go, oh, my gosh, I got to sell. This is too scary. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Don. So when you order the blue plate special and you get the stroganoff, they don't forget the pasta part. That's in there. You've got to have that as part of the recipe, right? The pasta, then the beef, and told then you. the sauce. I told you it's it. just going to be bad, bad, bad dad jokes for most <laughs> so of the show. You've got to have all of those have all that. Well, on the um, blue plate. Do you know that since I thought we caught up on questions a week ago? Uh-huh. How many came in? We a have couple? been. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. What? Really? Wow. All right. And these are just the written ones. These aren't even the spoken ones. All right. Go ahead. What do you got? Hit me. So I got to hit you with a couple of questions just so we don't get too far behind. Um, Seems fair enough. This one, uh, this one comes to us from Neil. Neil. Neil's. An, I'm sure Neil's a nice guy. Um, he says my wife's company was bought in mid 2021. Ironically, her old old company 401k and her new company 401k are both managed by principal. Big long sigh on both of our parts. <sighs> oh, they're managed by an insurance company, huh? <laughs> this can't be good. No, can't be. But uh, the investment choices at the new company are similar to the old company, but I was surprised to see that the fund expenses are dramatically different. For example, the principal lifetime hybrid 2030 fund at her old company. Lifestyle, I mean, a life cycle target date mm -hmm, fund for 2030. Has an expense ratio of 1.14. The same fund at her new company has an expense ratio of 0.29. The principal hybrid 2040 is the same, 1.14 and 0.29 at the new. I suspect the cost difference. Oh, you answered your own question. I suspect the cost difference is because principal is paying a commission to the group that sold the principal plan to her old company. My wife thinks it's because the new company is 25 times larger than her old. You guys have been in the business a long time. So could you tell us the real answer? I think what you said is a possibility. Here's another possibility. Every company handles the costs around their retirement plan differently. Some of them pass it on to the employees. Some of them eat the costs themselves. So it's possible the old one said, nah, you guys are going to pay the administration fee, and they, which they can wrap into the funds. Mm -hmm. The new one may say, no, nah, we're not going to. We're going to pay that ourselves. We're going to admit the charge is going to be smaller. It's possible. My guess is that it's a combination of 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 some of these a couple of these i think it's in large part because the other company was smaller and therefore we're dealing with a commissioned rep of the principal and therefore they got the higher fees to pay the commissions because they don't show a commission up front so they pay them a commission up front and then they take it along the way in higher fees and that because the new company is so much larger they were able to deal directly with principal cutting out that middle person who took a commission so i think it's kind of a combination of both um and they may have be, they the new company may also be eating some okay so but why wouldn't that's you just the move the old money into the new plan of course and get you on would. with it that'd of be course a no you brainer would. to me of yeah. course you would oh, oh. but what this points out though is the ridiculousness of fees and expenses, because there is no reason in the world except to pay a commission that any target date fund anywhere should charge over 1% per year I'm in expenses. I'm further than that. It shouldn't charge more than half of 1%. Of course not. That's outrageous. It's it, And this is why it's so important that you as an employee look at your plan and, and determine what the expenses are, because they won't tell you. You have to get down and dirty and read prospectuses and things. And then 
and then become more of a proactive employee. Because remember, your employer may not even know how bad these plans are because guess what? They're just like you. They don't want to read the prospectus either. Yeah, I mean, and employ employer-sponsored plans, number one, should be available. I, and I talked to a client yesterday who works somewhere where they don't even have a plan. It's a pretty decent-sized company. And they asked the employee, well, why do you want this plan? She's like, well, because I'm 30 and I'd like to be able to retire when I'm 60 if that's not asking too much, match or no match. So you should have a plan available. There should always be inside that plan low-cost funds like like the aforementioned target date funds. If you want to go buy actively managed funds and think somebody's going to see the future and be great, then you go right ahead. But you should have available those lower cost funds, Don, anyway, period. Okay, I've got another question for you yeah. just because I want to get it in. Um, I'm a, I bet this is an assumed name. Adam Smith. So is it the Adam invisible Smith. hand that he's joining yeah. us with the show? Okay. Hi, Tom and Don. I sort of know the answer. Yet I would still like to hear it from you about the risk I'm taking in the stock market. I started investing late at age 36. That's not late, by the way. That's not late. Maybe it was late in the day after the market closed or something. Yeah, yeah and he's now age 40. So, dude, you're in great shape. Getting warmed uh, up. He's been following Paul's 10 fund portfolio. Wow. Paul, as in Paul Merriman, ladies and gentlemen. And his band of merry men. Uh, early I'm among on, them, by the way. I'm still I there. sold off every individual stock Yay. I had foolishly held and bought 10 classes of Vanguard ETFs. Current portfolio is 50-50 U.S. international, hugely diversified, automatic dollar cost averaging every two weeks wow. as I get paid. Boom. I can manage them very well with rebalancing. Big question. To catch yeah. up on my late start, I decided to invest 100% in equities until age 45, then we'll buy bond ETFs increasing on a percentage basis every year to reach 70-30 at age 67. Knowing I might see an up to 50% drop in a in portfolio value, currently 375000 during a bad year, or if a black swan event like COVID hits us again, my justification is that since I have one year worth of emergency funds in the bank, I do not need to worry about the market and will not panic. Instead, I will buy more if the market dips. Right now, outside home budget, every dollar gets automatically invested in 10 ATFs at a set percentage. I score 82 on your risk quiz. But feels like I answered it with bias to justify my prior actions. You could do that with a quiz. Sure. Am I taking too much risk? Dude, you are nailing it. I mean, the fact that you've saved and invested and got your portfolio from zero to 375000 in four years. Yeah. God, we can hardly deep. criticize you. And number two, that's a very sophisticated portfolio that Paul has the 10 ETF. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. And frankly, it takes a fair amount of expertise to know what you're doing. So, no, that's great. And, and your real question is, am I taking too much risk, I guess, at 40. The That's what he's is, asking. Am I yeah, taking too much risk at 40 by being no. 100% in equities? Well, I mean, again, and he already said, I got to I got to deal with the, you know, 375 going to 190 or whatever it is at one 
if that happens, am I going to be okay? We can't answer that for you. But he you, did. He answered it. He said, yes, I will be okay. Nobody knows that until it I happens. Know, you know, can say that all day long. I'll be okay if X happens, but when it happens, let's see how you do. So, yeah, no, I think you should stay with that course. Absolutely. Yeah, do I it. Would, I would, uh, just, to, just to reinforce it. Write, write it down somewhere. I really believe in the power of writing stuff down. Even if you never look at it again, write a little paragraph to yourself somewhere that say, I hereby swear that I will not sell my really risky, but likely highly future profitable portfolio when the market, when the market declines dramatically. I will not. I think that's a. We should start a little program too, where you do the blood thing. You cut the blood, do the and blood brother was, thing. Then you you prick your finger Still and you it. sign it in blood. Yeah, and there's probably enough from that prick to determine whether you have cancer, whether you're going to be okay. You send it to the small company in California. Ther- they take care of the whole Theranos? thing. Theranos. Yeah, yeah, I hear they got a cool machine. Cool thing. Yeah, it's good, good, good deal all the way around. Ah, uh, and they got some woman who got a deeper voice than you do. So here's the thing. I think uh, you're on the right course. We have a machine. <laughs> we bet Tom. we do. We're hooked up to something around my vocal cords. If you just drip a little blood in it, Tom, (laughs) you will know everything because I'm afraid of needles, Tom. (laughs) That's right. She's afraid of needles. Uh, She better get her her knitting needles ready for her time behind. Well, going away. Let's put it that way. You think she's going on a little trip somewhere? It's going to be three to five years. It'll be short. Is that your prediction? She's going to do three to five? Yeah, Yeah. three to five. Something like that. They'll be like, you can't Attractive young woman with a baby. Three to five. You stole from George Schultz. He's an American hero. Can't do that. (laughs) So anyway, uh, the point of the matter is, yes, I think you're on the right track. I think you're doing brilliantly. And you're right. If the market goes down, you should be buying more at age 40. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. Tom's, Tom's got the answer. I can't add to that. So thank you. I'm just going to go away now. Tell I people am. how they can sign up and ask us questions or sign up and get help. A lot of people have, have, have contacted me the last two weeks, too. Want to did get you yell portfolio. at them like you did the employees? No, I'm trying to be nicer to them because, well, right. they're That's nicer good. to me. So I guess you need help. Your help. Your help is on the Internet. You just go to Vestory, like V-E Story. The Vestory website, Vestory.com, and you ask us, just ask us for an appointment. You just say, hey, Don, Tom, I want to meet with one of you, one of his guys as gals. One of his? One of his, <laughs> one of his guys or gals there at Vestory. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we, and we'll give you some time for free for nothing. And guess what it isn't? It's not one of those things where you go, well, you know, we'd help you if we could, but it's going to take several years and we really need a lot of money from you. No, we're not going to say that. We're going to try and help you. Now, if you want to become a client, cool. You might like it, but you don't have to. And we're going to we're not going to pressure you. So go to vestry.com, just set up an appointment or there's a phone number there. Give us a call. Give us a call. Oh, if you want to ask us questions too, give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Or go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Now we have to leave you. This podcast and videocast is over. Bye-bye. <laughs> Where I got this New York thing going. I don't going. think either. Um, so uh, that's Tom. I'm Don. We're going to talk real money. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.